But to be the man, you gotta beat the man. I'm not a bad guy. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. And you want some? Come get some. You've tuned in to Wrestling with Ruben. All right, welcome back to Wrestling with Ruben. Uh, we got somebody on the phone right now. I'm super excited to talk to this particular person. I, I grew up watching this guy on WWE TV in, in the 2000s, and early 2010s or whatever. Uh, he was probably one of the most well-known tag team wrestlers of, of the 2000 to 2010 time, former ECW champion, multi-time tag team champion, uh, one of the best Intercontinental champions in my memory that I know. Please welcome to the show the star of Lucha Underground on El Rey, El Rey Network and the star of Boone the Bounty Hunter. Uh, please welcome Johnny Mundo. Johnny, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Wow, what an introduction. I don't even know if I have to, to uh, say anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. That's the interview, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Yeah, we'll Thanks for having uh, me. I'd love to come back anytime. Yeah, great. <laughs> I, I'd love to have you back. Hey, man, you know, I, I do want to talk to you about um, your time in WWE real quick, if you, if you don't mind. Um, sure, because sure. I, that's probably the, the time period that I'm most familiar with. Uh, and, and, you know, you came in, you debuted, you were in part of tough enough in 2000, 2002, I think mm-hmm. it was. And yeah. then you, you went to, to, to Monday night raw, you played Eric Bischoff's, you know, assistant essentially. Uh, and then, and then you started doing, was, doing stuff. Apprentice. Apprentice. Oh, apprentice. This is a rip off of the Donald Trump show. Oh, is that what the oh, case? Man. What a joke on, a, on the world that's become. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Now, they, okay. So Johnny um, Mundo yeah, is the reason was, why. <laughs> I'm gonna say Johnny no, Mundo is the reason why like Donald Trump right is president. I don't want anything more. <laughs> I don't want you to put that out there. <laughs> I'll, I'll edit it out. <laughs> um, oh no, I'm just, I'm just joking. I know. <laughs> um, but you know what was really cool was was uh, I was a big fan of Eric Bischoff. So instantly when you when you made yourself a part of Eric's team, I'm like I like this guy. You know, even if it was more of a of a you know comedian, it seemed like from my memory it was like more comedic, more. Um, you know, you get yourself into more trouble than anything. Um, oh but... yeah, for sure. I was like his, like uh, I was his lackey. Exactly. And, um, it was it was crazy. Like at the time, I mean, that was my first first time doing anything regularly on Raw. Yeah. And uh, I, I debuted in a in a vignette with with Eric and Stone Cold in um I want to say it was 2004, and um I was I was super excited but also bummed because I wanted to wrestle. And in, in retrospect, like what an awesome spot that was. I didn't I didn't really fully appreciate it at the time, but um, I did I did Eric's podcast a few weeks ago and we talked about it, and um, it was it was cool. I'm a big fan of Eric too. Always have been. Yeah, he's he's been somebody who I think um, the behind the scenes stuff doesn't really give him the, the credit he's due on screen. You know, it seems like people don't 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 like to separate the two. <coughs> Excuse me. And he's a great performer, and he's a great creative mind. But that's, you know, we're not talking about Eric. We can talk about Eric some other time. We're talking about you. Um, what was going through your mind, I mean, going through that those early stages? I mean, obviously you said that you wanted to wrestle, but, you know, did you feel like, oh, this is just a matter of time until I get to wrestle? Or uh, or what was going th- what was going through your mind on that, at that point? Because it seems like you were doing it, and then you kind of disappeared for a while. So what was what was going on during that time period, and what were you, you know, what were your thought processes as you were doing this? Well, um, I've talked about, I've talked about this, um, before, but the uh, the main things that were that I was thinking at the time were it, it was really cool um, being at Raw TV with Eric and learning, 
and uh, learning learning how to how to talk and meeting everyone on the roster. I already met everybody because you meet everybody when you're at OVW or WWE Developmental. But it's different from like being backstage and having a quick handshake with somebody at catering to uh, to working with them. So it was it was cool to meet everybody. It was it was great to be with Eric. And the problem I had though is I was constantly worried that I was never going to be a full time wrestler because I was so young in the business and uh, impatient at the time. So I was constantly worried that I was like, what if this is? What if I just do this? What if what if I'm if I'm Eric Bischoff's apprentice in 10 years or, or 15 years. I don't know. And um, that uh, kind of started to get in the way of things a little bit. And then I, 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 was, I was wearing uh, like these slippery shoes and dress pants all the time. And I started wrestling a little bit on house shows. And I did, uh, I forget what the match was. It was like me and Lance Cade versus Chris Jericho and Eugene. <laughs> and I made a, I made a save and like slipped and, and busted open Jericho on a, on a save. And it was like, if, if you can think of like the worst possible situation, like it was, it was that, like I ran in, like I slipped my elbow caught him like right above the eye and he needed, he needed like eight stitches or something. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, and I'm, and, sure, um, I'm sure he loved that. No. Uh, yeah. He was, he was really nice about it. I mean, he was super pissed that day. But then we, we talked about it after and uh, ended up going back to OVW after that to, to work on wrestling. And um, I've talked to Chris about that a half a dozen times now. And uh, <laughs> it's just kind of a funny story. Um, so at the, at the time, that was it. I was, I, was, I was young in the business and impatient. How old were you at that time? Like, like I'm assuming early 20s. But Yeah, I want to say I must have been probably 23 at the time, yeah. 23. Oh, man. 20. 24. It's my age right now. I, I need to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't uh, rush it. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, then, then you, you went back to OVW and came back as a tag team wrestler over on SmackDown um, as part of the Eminem duo. Uh, what was that like working with, with Johnny Mercury? I know, or Joey Mercury, sorry. Uh, I know he had a little bit more um, experience in the business at the time, too. So was it, was it kind of a, a good pairing for you to learn from somebody? Or, or what was going through your mind as you, you were tag teaming with, with Joey? Yeah, for sure. It was uh, it was like being in a tag team with, um, I mean, not like because he, he was. Joey at the time was the same age as me. We were both maybe 24, um, but he'd been wrestling already for 10 years. <laughs> so, it, and, and not only just wrestling for 10 years, he still to this day is a genius in the, as far as wrestling psychology goes. So, being tagged with Joey was perfect for me at the time. He's not only like someone that I considered a really good friend, but someone that every every match just seemed like he knew exactly what our roles as heels were supposed to be, and he had all these ideas for uh, the, how to tell a story, how, how tag team psychology is supposed to work, all that stuff. And um, so tagging with him, yeah, it was it was great. Now, when you were told, "Hey, we're putting you in a tag team." Uh, what was your thoughts? Because I, 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 you know, I know a lot of people, you know, start the business as a single wrestler and they want to be, you know, world champion, intercontinental champion, U.S. champion. They want to chase the titles, you know, and being put into a, a tag team is sometimes uh, not the best situation starting out, but and then eventually ends up being, you know, really good for them. Uh, what, were you concerned about being in a tag team, or, or were you cool with whatever as long as you got to wrestle? 
at OVW is where we got paired up, and I I fought really hard for, and so, so did Joey and Malia to uh, to come up together to um, debut on SmackDown and Raw as a as a team. So we were we were paired up at OVW and had a bunch of really good matches with Seth Sky and Seth Skyfire and Mac Johnson. We wrestled the Dudley Boys down there a couple times. Um, the Thrill Seekers, oh, <laughs> all the yes. OVW uh, tag teams. The, the Thrill Seekers are probably different Thrill Seekers than, than you're thinking. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, the the Thrill Seekers, um, Johnny Jeter and Chris Cage. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, we, I started making vignettes like I was a film major, so I made a man. I must have made like six or eight different vignettes of Eminem doing photo shoots, or um, Eminem like highlight videos. Or when we were feuding with people, it was at Eminem. Like, they did a video where we stole Kenny Dykstra's car and um, <laughs> pissed in the gas tank and like oh, threw man. McDonald's all over it. Um, and uh, I sent those constantly to the to the office. And ultimately, I think that's why they ended up keeping us together and taking us up as a, as a team. So it felt like a big win. It didn't feel like oh no tag team. It felt like something that we were all excited about. <laughs> Well, yeah, and then you guys went on to be probably the best tag team of that era, you know, and 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 really made names for yourselves and really set yourselves aside. And I, and I remember, I remember you guys feuding with you know uh, Los Guerreros, you know, and you guys, um, I think you spray painted Eddie's Lowrider or something, and with with Eminem, yeah. and, and and I remember I remember watching watching that, and and you, I think it was you or Melina said, oh, we're gonna leave our calling card, and you guys did the Eminem on on the the hood, and I walked away, I'm like, oh my god, that was so cool but i'm so pissed but so cool <laughs> that's so cool like like probably the reaction you want to get from from wrestling fans um yeah. you know tell me about you know working with with eddie guerrero and chavo uh in those earlier days for you and 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 what you learned from from those two in particular oh man i, I learned so yeah so much from from eddie and chavo we, we debuted on smackdown against uh eddie guerrero and Rey mysterio they were tag team champions at the time and our first uh we'd, we'd done a couple months of house shows versus bob holly and charlie haas and i learned a ton from them as well um but our first run as champions uh, after we debuted on tv was against eddie and ray and uh the, the man like eddie was maybe the best instinctive wrestler that i've ever been in the ring with mm. he would uh he just always knew what to do. He always knew how to get a reaction. And he'd always have, you know, when I say weird ideas, I mean like creative, like good ideas and different ideas that people, other people didn't have. Um, and he had a, in, in a similar way to Joey, but just with way more experience, um, had a way of making people <laughs> do what they were supposed to do in the ring. Like if I was standing across from Eddie, and um, I'm 24 year old Johnny Nitro, I don't know what's going on, and um, <laughs> I look at him. First of all, he, he do something to make me laugh, <laughs> <laughs> and then he'd start like uh, kind of telling me what to do with with uh. I mean, he, there's, there's one of his favorite things that I always thought was funny was like he would like he'd start posing, and um, it would be like a quick one like to the crowd. And the, the the crowd would like start getting with it a little bit, and then like he'd point over at me, and they'd be like, "Oh, I get it, I, I know what he wants now." And then as soon as I did anything, he'd boot me in the stomach and give me a suplex or 
or uh, do something quick to pop the crowd. And that, I mean, that's just one example of the type of stuff that he would just do without uh, even talking to me backstage or, or planning or putting any thought in, so to speak. There was a couple nights we went, we were planned on having like a 15 minute match. We were in Milan, Italy one time where we went, I think I want to say we came back and we went 53 minutes oh my God. with um, all just like pretty much calling, calling it in the ring. And um, I was also thinking at the time when we came back, I was like, man, if this was any other tag team, we would have got our asses chewed out. But oh, yeah. when we came back, everyone was like clapping. I mean, it was, it was, it was because we had the crowd the whole time. Yeah. And, um, Ray, uh, was in, in a, in a similar type of way with, uh, the type of charisma and moves that he could do could really just get away with anything. And, um, the, the coolest thing about wrestling guys like that is it's, it's, it's creatively freeing because you're not worried so much about what you have to do or like how to get a crowd reaction because it's going to be there. Those guys are over and they know what they're doing. They're pros. So, you feel free to be a better version of you instead of trying to think about what you should be doing. You just live in the moment and I don't know, maybe go on and on about, yeah. <laughs> about uh, how great those guys are forever, man. But I was, I was really blessed to get the chance to wrestle them. Especially so young in your career. I mean, that was your first major feud that I remember. Um, and, and just remember being just drawn to the television, watching, you know, the four of you guys mix it up and seeing, uh, just, just incredible chemistry and seeing incredible move sets, and, and that was even before I think you incorporated some of the stuff that you did later on in, in your career, where you got you got other people's attention as you were moving forward in, in your your time there. Now, um, I do want to talk to you real quickly about um, the transition from Johnny Nitro to John Morrison, um, because that was during a time period where I wasn't engaged with the program, and all of a sudden I start seeing you know on different websites these. John Morrison, John Morrison, John Morrison. I'm like, who the hell is John Morrison? You know, and then I Google searched and it was you. I'm like, oh, when did this happen? So, uh, what happened there that that you decided or or that creative decided to you know rebrand you and make you more of, of John Morrison, rock star, uh, rock star superstar over in the ECW brand? Um, there's a couple of things going on. I think primarily. Vince did not like the name Johnny Nitro because it reminded him of WCW. <laughs> <laughs> and and really, that was the main reason for the switch. Um, additionally, I feel like people thought that it would be nice to give my character a facelift, so to, sp- so to speak, like a, like a rebranding. And um, I just won the ECW championship. And uh, I remember at TV that day, like that I heard a couple times that my – they were going to change my name or they wanted to change it. I was in catering and Vince come up that day and said, um, you want to be a real champion? You need a real name. We got to switch your name. And then um, I was like, okay. And he walked off and um, Laurinaitis kind of walked up a few seconds later. and was like, just make a list of names. And he threw me a notepad. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I, I wrote down like 15 or 20, like in like, I don't know, like 10 minutes. I was just like, um, Jim Morrison, John Morrison, uh, Jimmy Dean Morrison, John Brando Morrison, Brando Morrison, Johnny Dean Brando, Brand, uh, and then like they he came back. He's like, "What do you got?" And I, was, I gave him the thing, and then um, Vince walked over and was like, uh, "John Morrison." He just pointed at one. And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> that's nice. it, John Morrison." Um, but that was that was it. It's a crazy, 
it's a crazy story. And the, one of the, I, I sometimes wish I just like, um, you know, like, like a lot of people, like, like the Miz who came in with his, his name already picked out and John Cena came in as John Cena. Those guys are CM Punk. Um, he, I mean, he already established himself all over the world to CM Punk yeah. and kept CM Punk. But I, I wish that, uh, I'd been able to stay one name my entire career because it's confusing. It's the first question everyone asks me on every, uh, on every podcast. What's up with the name changes? And now with the, the, the change from John Morrison to Johnny Mundo with Lucha Underground, the, uh, the reason for that is when you, it's not your name and you don't own it because you didn't come in with it. You, you can't leave WWE and, uh, and keep your name. Yeah. So, um, on, on independent shows, sometimes I'm wrestling as John Morrison. If it's a smaller show, sometimes Johnny Mundo, depending on where the promoter knows me from. And then sometimes if it's a, if it's a bigger show, like say five star wrestling in the UK, they're, they're doing TV tapings for spike. Um, I went over, the, I went to John Hennigan, which is my real name Yeah, because, uh, they, they were worried about, um, they were worried about getting sued from WWE or Lucha. <laughs> so, well, no, but it, it makes sense, you know, cause I remember, I think the first time we saw you on raw, you, you introduced yourself as John Hennigan. Uh, and then I think that was a, a thing where, where you were trying to kiss up to Bischoff and you like, no, you can call me Johnny Nitro now or whatever. Um, it was, uh, I started, I started that first vignette was i was johnny blaze okay that's what it was they found out johnny blaze was already copyrighted and then there was one week of johnny spade <laughs> which uh they i no one no one really liked i feel like they just ran out of time to think of a cool name and they're like it's gonna be like johnny ace we'll call him johnny spade and then um i went home and like really hate, just thought that a like that name was i didn't like it and b like part of the reason i didn't like it was I knew another guy named Johnny Spade at OVW. <laughs> and um, I was like, God damn it. I have like stolen this other guy's name that I don't even really want. And so I like pushed really hard for a change to Johnny Nitro, which they went with, which is, which is cool. Yeah. You know, I was going to, I was going to start this, this interview out with uh welcome to the show, Johnny Mundo, if that is your real name. Yeah. Uh, but I decided not to, but then well, here we are. It, uh, depends. it depends what arena I'm in. <laughs> I mean, what is real? Exactly. You know? what, what What do you prefer, though? Like, if, if you had your choice, if you were able to start over now, what would you have gone with? Would you have gone with Johnny Nitro? Would you have stuck with your real name? Would you have tried doing something different? Oh, I would have. I mean, sometimes in retrospect, I think it would have been cool to, to walk in with Johnny Nitro and stay Johnny Nitro my entire career yeah. and be Johnny Nitro now even. Um that would have been would have been fine with me, but the amount of times that I've changed my main my name have left me feeling like, um, like a pref my main preference is for uh, solidarity, <laughs> and would have been to have had just one name, more than like a, a this name I need to have this name, um, because when I when I get in the ring, especially with the stuff that I'm doing now, it's it's always me. Like the, the difference between like John Morrison and Johnny Mundo, um, really isn't like so substantial. I mean, heel John Morrison was like a narcissistic warrior poet, um, rock star type guy. Uh, heel Johnny Mundo is a, <laughs> he's a tricky veteran who wants to win at any cost. And, um, also can, can sometimes, get into a little bit of a warrior poet type vibe <laughs> and both of them in my opinion are you can see the evolution 
Yeah. But the uh, the thing is, is like a lot of the moves that I'm doing are are similar. Like my ring psychology is is similar, and it obviously makes sense that it would be the same person. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, um, let's talk about your your single run there towards the end of your WWE career, real quick, and then we'll jump into the the stuff you've been doing since then. Um, one of the biggest things that I I really enjoyed about you is that there was a clear improvement from you know 2007 or 8 to the time that you left you know where you you definitely went from being you know a great worker in the ring and being an okay talker to being an even better worker in the ring to being a great talker to being a whole you know the total package essentially um and i you know i remember saying on different podcasts or different blogs or whatever saying that you know john morrison needs to be given you know, a, a world title run. Like I, I thought that you really deserved it. I think you, you worked your way to the top. Uh, were you disappointed that you were never really given an opportunity to, to carry either raw or SmackDown? Uh, or did you just feel like you were kind of at the, you were just kind of, you were there. What, what was your, your, your opinion on, on your lack of world title runs in, in WWE? Nobody, nobody is excited to not have a world title. run. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no kid that is sitting at home watching wrestling thinking, man, I hope I don't become world champion. <laughs> everybody, everybody wants to be world champion, and yeah, I was, I was bummed. I, I felt like I deserved it, and um, I felt like I could have done a, a really good job with it. And um, whether or not I was right, I don't know. It, it remains to be seen. It, it didn't happen. But um, if you, if you don't think like if you start to doubt yourself and you don't think you deserve a title run, it's getting near to the time you should think about giving it up because I've found that if uh, if your sights aren't set at main eventing Wrestlemania or being the uh, the face of your promotion then your your discipline and your ambition starts to wane and that's I don't know it's a it's a dangerous place when you're you're playing a larger than life character and you're in front of thousands of people live and millions of people all over the world watching on uh, on TV yeah. you you really need to have 100% confidence in you and your ability and um that means that you need to believe that you should be champion yeah for sure for sure that's that's how i look at it and the people i'm sure differ but i uh, who knows man I'm, I'm world champion of lucha underground right now i'm world champion right now of uh AAA, the biggest promotion in Mexico, five-star wrestling in the UK, QPW in Qatar, um, and PCW, which is a really cool new federation that just started, um, not just started last week, but has been around not for too long in Los Angeles, which is, PCW, by the way, is crazy. It, it, uh, it runs shows in San Pedro, which is specifically where I'm from um, in the LA area. I just wrestled a Rob Van Dam there um, last weekend. Or yeah, it's not even the weekend yet. A few days ago, yeah, <laughs> and um, had a really cool time at that promotion. It was really good, and it's always it's cool to to see and hang out with Rob. And I've wrestled him only a couple times, and it went really well at PCW. So um, as far as uh, being world champion, um, you are the world champion. I'm, well, in the well, I'm not saying I am because it's different, but. I feel like what I'm doing now is as is, is, is close as I've ever gotten to it. And it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Like I'm, I feel like I'm the, the face of a lot of promotions and it's, uh, 
it's a cool thing. It, it's opening my mind creative, like uh, creatively, and it's good for me because for, of the way that it allows me to think about matches. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I think, you know, it's it's interesting to see how people once they're out of the WWE and are able to kind of think freely for themselves and make decisions based on where they want to go and that doesn't have, you know, a major corporation holding them, you know, holding them accountable or holding them down, depending on which way you want to look at it, they thrive. I mean, I look at Cody Rhodes, who, who's been uh, a free agent now, or not a free agent, but has been out of the WWE now for, I think, a little over a year now uh, and has, has become one of the, you know, most talked about wrestlers, you know, in the world. You You went out and you made a name for yourself on independence and in Lucha Underground, you know, I mean, I can keep going on and on and it's just, that just seems to be the way that it, that it is. So congratulations on all it the is, success too, by the way. You make it, you know what I mean? Like it's not easy. What Cody did was really smart and he's been busting his ass for a long time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and I think, I think part of it too is like, let's talk about Lucha, man. Let's, yeah, let's, uh, do, let's do that. Let's, uh, let's get into Lucha Underground. That's, that was bit. my, uh, my next transition. Okay. So my first question with that is, is what made you interested in Lucha Underground? Because Lucha Underground for me is, is a program that, uh, it's kind of like, uh, watching, you know, Breaking Bad or something where if you don't, you know, tune into it right away, it takes you a lot longer to kind of catch up and get used to what's going on. Where other wrestling promotions, you can kind of jump in anywhere and like know more or less what's going on. So, what what made you uh, excited about Lucha Underground and, and what made you want to uh, to work with them? Um, well, there's a couple things. First, they run out of Los Angeles and they do tapings like a TV show. Yeah, um, both those things I was pretty stoked about. I've always wanted to work for a promotion local in LA so I could be home every night. And um, what that enables me to do is train harder. There's no interruptions of my training schedule. Even when we're taping, I can, I can still like wake up early, hit the gym on the way over there. Um, and the way that they're taping shows and like uh, the vignettes, like a, like a TV show, like, like you said, breaking bad, <laughs> um, I think allows for more nuanced, and uh, multi-layered storytelling also, which is super interesting to me. And if Lucha feels like the first promotion that's had that vision and seen it through 100% and, yes. and really made it happen. So um, I, I thought that it was going to be like that when I, I saw the, the arena for the very first time and I heard that this is going to be Robert Rodriguez and Mark Burnett and um, – Krista Joseph, Chris Roach, both whom I knew from WWE, also Tony Jensen and Eric Van Wagen, guys that I knew briefly from uh, working with him on tough, the 2010 Tough Enough, where I was a, a guest trainer. Um, it just seemed like there's a lot of people that I knew and respected, and people that I didn't know but also respected, like uh, like Rodriguez and Mark Burnett, involved in this thing, and um, it uh, ended up being more than I'd even hoped. Yeah, you know, and, and it's it, the first the first two seasons especially uh, took took the world by storm, where everybody and their moms were talking about it. I think I think Lucha Underground at one point was doing you know better than Impact Wrestling is doing now as far as numbers go, um, and 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 even now it's like it's still very buzzworthy on what happens on Lucha Underground. And one of the things I remember watching really early on is the scene. There was a scene backstage somewhere with. With the Hefe, and and it looked like I was watching a movie. You know, it, I didn't feel like I was watching professional wrestling. You know, like WWE does with the backstage stuff, and you know, you can tell that they're in some weird makeshift office or whatever. I felt like right. we were in a real office. You know, with the real bad guy 
calling the shots, you know, and it was really cool. Uh, do you feel like with Lucha Underground that you're able to be more creative than you would be with, you know, Impact or WWE or Ring of Honor? Um, for a couple of reasons, yes, absolutely. One, um, we're, we're doing an hour of TV. Yeah. And the whole hour moves and uh, it feels like it's a fast-paced hour, which is <laughs> in uh, this day and age good because there's so much wrestling and content out there that I feel like Lucha is – the show that is most respectful of people's time Two, the, uh, let me talk about Dario Cueto for a quick sec. Yes. Um, that dude really anchors the acting and, um, the backstage stuff to me in the underground, super talented guy. Um, super, super awesome guy too, man. Uh, he's, he's really, really great to work with. And his, uh, his acting ability is, is off the charts. So um, when it comes to storytelling and backstage vignettes, you I feel like you can be more nuanced when you're when you're doing like a multi-camera setup because there's a camera getting close-ups. So because you're not selling for for one camera or uh, for an audience uh, full of people in the ring, you you have the ability to try some different things and. Um, tell a, a little bit more of a sophisticated story than oftentimes you can tell when you're when you're in front of a huge arena or you're going live to tape it's very cool so um now you're you just mentioned you're the lucha underground champion last night uh aired uh johnny mundo versus the mac where uh you, you retained your championship um what's it like being given this opportunity with lucha underground i mean it's still a young promotion um, probably, I don't know the championship history that well, but I think you're probably one of the more well-known world champions that they've had. Do you, do you feel pressure to, to continue to outperform every single time that you, you get a chance to, to defend the title and represent Lucha Underground? Or, um, do you feel like, you know, cause it's kind of more TV show esque do, do you have a little bit less pressure than you would anywhere else? Um, and, and tell me about being the world champion for this promotion. Anytime you're heavyweight champion, there's always pressure, and um, you always feel it. If you stop feeling it and you stop getting nervous, it's because you're you're not really caring. Um, I'm I'm hoping Lucha Underground grows into a global wrestling entity, and I know that's what the plan is. So um, that's what I want. I'm in a position to make it happen. So of course I feel pressure. <laughs> you're leading uh, it. Yeah, everybody everybody feels pressure, yeah. and it's a it's it's a team thing. Like there's there's people on Lucha Underground. I mean, we you mentioned Chavo Guerrero earlier, who's uh, really working <laughs> miracles backstage with uh, his ring psychology and, and the way that he's putting segments together. And um, him, Paul London, Vampiro, and uh, and Conan for for season one, we're we're really doing a lot backstage, and um. Then you got a uh, Rey Mysterio, obviously, who I've, I've talked about earlier too. Who, in my opinion, is the most famous luchador of all time. Oh yeah, um, respected all over the world. Um, ridiculously talented in the ring, but in addition, and on top of all that, is like the coolest guy ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you got like people, people like that that are are respected worldwide, and then you've got up and comers like. Phoenix, Pentagon, Drago, Aerostar, 
Daga, Luchasaurus, Taya, um, and it's a it's a really cool team. It's a really cool show and a really cool mix of people. So I feel I feel pressured to be the best version of myself every time I'm there at a taping, and to I really feel pressure to put it put myself out there further. And um, by that, I mean, uh, did you watch the show last night? I, I haven't watched the full show yet. I, I had I have a DVR'd. Um, um, go ahead, spoil like it for a, me. No, I don't need to spoil it. I just there's there's one thing that I hit last night that uh is a I hit basically a double side flip on Willie Mack, and um, that's something that I never thought of even trying or attempting um, in any other promotion, and then uh, the reason I felt like I needed or wanted to do it was because it's the the culture of the locker room like everyone's pushing the boundaries um creatively as far as charisma but also definitely physically acrobatically i mean the stuff that uh the stuff that ricochet is doing as puma in luch underground is uh some of the most creative <laughs> um insane high-flying stuff i've ever seen um i mean and helico matt cross like the PJ Black, like these these guys are bringing it every time, and um, because the entire roster of people is bringing it that hard, it makes it makes me feel like I gotta I gotta go that hard, and um, that that double side flip is a is a really cool one. It worked out well last night, and uh, that's the that's the kind of thing that you get from Lucha Underground because of the the culture of the locker room that you don't see in other promotions. Yeah, you know, and and, and that's the thing that I, I love about. Lucha Underground or, or promotions that I feel like ECW where it felt like they had something to prove, you know, where the guys would go out and push push each other, you know. So it, it's really cool to see that and and see, you know, people that I, I loved in WWE like Chavo and Ray uh, going out and, and continuing to, to do what they love to do, you know, on, on, a, on a pretty high-profile basis as well. You know, I think I think at this point you, you guys are essentially uh, – probably between number two, number three promotion, you know, between the other, you know, between impact and ring of honor. So I, I wish you guys the best of luck. Now, normally what I would do if I speak to somebody who was in the WWE, I would say, Hey, you know, do you want to go back and who would you want to face? But I, I don't want to ask you that question because I want to know who you well, want. We can talk about who I wanted to face. I mean, um, it'd be, it'd be cool to have more matches with, uh, with Ziggler or Miz and, uh, <laughs> I've man, I, I saw something on Twitter the other day that, Zack Ryder had been on the road for for ten years, and I was like, man, yeah. I remember as a major brother um, picking him up at the airport for his first uh, round of house shows, <laughs> and uh, it's crazy to me like um, that uh, that that much time has gone by. But the the whole roster of those guys, like uh, Ambrose, um, I'd love to have a match with uh, with Rollins, well, that'd be Finn Balor. Uh, I've wrestled AJ a couple times. But I feel like it'd be it'd be really cool to wrestle in in a in a place like Lucha Underground, where like there's an awesome crowd and um, we could have the freedom to do pretty much whatever we wanted. Well, that's my that's my um, question. If you could pick one wrestler from the WWE current day roster that uh, wanted to go to Lucha Underground and would face you at you know the biggest sh- you know uh, the the big finale show that Lucha Underground puts on, uh, who would you want to face? Like the one person top of the list. Uh, and then I'll tell you who my pick is after you tell me yours. Man, um, let's see. 
with no consideration of face and heel. I got a couple. I got a couple honorable mentions. Um, I think it would be a like a holy shit moment um, if that person was Daniel Bryan. Oh yes. Because I uh, I've wrestled him a bunch of times, and um, I don't I don't know what the deal is with his uh, with his concussions and his his injuries, but. I keep hearing rumblings of him wanting to come back and wrestle somewhere, but not being allowed to at WWE. Yeah. That would be awesome if he uh, if he felt like uh, coming over to Lucha. Well, I'll put uh, you guys on the map too. Yeah, uh, Kenny Omega okay. uh, would be a cool one. Let's see, I mean, Rollins, Kevin Owens have wrestled, um, and he's, he's a great performer. It'd be it'd be really cool to wrestle Roman Reigns. Um, for a for nostalgia and uh, a lot of reasons, I think the, it'd be really cool to have have the my pick be the Miz. Yeah, that'd be cool. Be cool to see you guys in in a different different environment feuding again. My pick for you at Lucha Underground, just because I would like to see the two styles clash, uh, and it's not AJ Styles. Uh, that was that would have been really good. Hey, that would have been really good, good wordplay. Uh, is Shinsuke Nakamura? I think. Uh, Ooh, Shinsuke, that's a good one. Nak- Nakamura versus Mundo would steal the show. I think it could be some. I would pay high dollar to see that. Um, so that's that's who I would love to see in Lucha Underground facing you uh, for the that's world cool. title. You know, at the I finale. thought uh, I thought you were going to say Neville, so I was uh, not saying him on purpose. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, no. See, I just watched. I watched Neville versus TJP last night, and uh, was was super impressed by Neville. Neville's I mean, he's great. Always been a ridiculously good high flyer, but I feel like his his charisma and character work is really is really leveled up. Oh yeah, especially since he's he's turned heel. Um but see with with, with Neville Neville versus Mundo, I think there would be expectation for you guys to put on, you know, a high fly spectacle where I think with Nakamura, you guys would be a little bit more grounded and be a little bit more technical and then you would have you would be the one to do a little bit more of the high spots and stuff, and I think that would, I think the chemistry there would be really good with the strong style versus the high fly, you know, lucha style that you or not lucha style, but you do more of like you incorporate a lot of the um, uh, what is it called um, parkour into your 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 wrestling. So it'd be really cool to see that. Um, that would be a cool one. Yeah, good call. Yeah, dude, see if you can make that happen. I will. I will. Uh, I'll call. I'll call <laughs> Shane and see if we can get a. Uh, a talent exchange or something going on here. Um, yeah. Although if I pitch it, they'll probably be like, "Oh, let's put that on WrestleMania." <laughs> um, now, real quick, um, for people who haven't watched Lucha Underground, in like two sentences at the most, what how would you what would you say to somebody who asks you why should I tune into Lucha Underground? Lucha Underground is a hybrid of American pro wrestling. Independent pro wrestling, which is hotter now than it's ever been, mm-hmm. and Lucha Libre. It's the most hard-hitting, high-flying, fast-paced, acrobatic style of wrestling in the world. And Lucha Underground is the most polished hour of pro wrestling on TV. It's a combination of all that action with grindhouse action films. And if you don't understand what I'm talking about, the only way to really understand is to watch it. Yes, yes, and you can binge watch seasons one and two of Lucha Underground on Netflix. It's streaming now, uh, so if you want to catch up and get you know get used to the uh, Lucha Underground Temple, 
uh, go to Netflix and, and, and binge watch it. Uh, I'm sure you're going to love it. Now, tell me real quick, uh, Boone the Bounty Hunter, uh, how'd you get involved in this project? Um, have you heard um, Have you heard any of the podcasts where I've been talking about Boone? I have not. Um, Boone the Bounty Hunter is a, is a movie that I've been working on now for, or it's, it's out. So it's, it took me about four and a half years, five years from the time I started writing it with a, with, with a couple of writers to the time it was released okay. to, uh, to get Boone <laughs> to, uh, exist. It's, a the gist of it is Boone is a reality show bounty hunter who boons celebrities like Kevin Sorbo. And when his reality show is in danger of being canceled, he decides to go to Mexico to go after a real criminal, which is, uh, Jonathan Lipnicki uh, from Jerry Maguire and um, his dad played by Richard Tyson from Kindergarten Cop. Wow. The, uh, when he when Boone gets to Mexico, his crew that consists of Osric Chow from Supernatural, Spencer Grammer from Rick and Morty, and Rampage Jackson um, gets in trouble. And he has to decide what is more important to him, saving his show or saving his friends. That's the that's the story, but the the action is a combination of everything that I do best. A combination of, of pro wrestling, parkour, um, and a brawler's MMA style of stunt choreo. Um, the uh, the move that I hit on Willie Mack last night, um, I call it the Boone Bomb, double side flip. I hit that in the movie, and um, when I was training stunts for Boone. Um, it really leveled up my wrestling and um, I'd, I'd never been able to do double sides and a lot of the specific like uh, like spiral tap twisting front sentons. I learned that also when I was training for Boone. Awesome. The, uh, the reason I bring that up is because if you're a fan of, of pro wrestling or you think <laughs> the type of stuff that I've done in the ring is crazy. The stuff that I did in Boone is, uh, is the, is the craziest movement and stunt and, and wrestling moves that I've that I've done in my career. So, um, if you're a wrestling fan, you should go out of your way to see it. And how I got involved with it was, uh, I wanted this thing to happen so bad. I, I wrote a $10 million script version of Boone and, uh, tried to find money for it and couldn't find it. Revised the scripts, maybe more on draft seven. And, um, they started cutting the budget and they cut it down to five mil and decided to shoot a sizzle trailer in 2013 and couldn't get money then I just took maybe 30 to 40 meetings in offices and coffee shops all over LA trying to find money for this movie. <laughs> and um, ultimately when it didn't happen, I ended up having to sell my house to pay for the production of oh, Boone wow. the Bounty Hunter in 2014 because it felt like the project was slipping away. And um, and also I had cut the budget substantially. <laughs> yeah. And then... Um, then we have, we ended up shooting principal at the end of 2014 and like doing pickups all through 2015. And, um, it took a really long time to, uh, get the post-production and the ADR and the sound and the, a lot of the, the pickups I think is what really separates Boone from your a different kind of low budget action movie because me and the team really went out of our way to make it as good as we possibly could. I mean, that's why we spent, almost maybe not quite two years but almost two years on um on editing post-production doing rounds and rounds and notes and filling in gaps 
and making sure that the sound and the ADR was right. So um, I put a lot into this movie, and it's it, it, I'm really proud of it. People that have seen it have really liked it. It's been getting great reviews on uh, the sites where it's available, iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, Vimeo. And um, it came out yesterday at Walmart, so now it's available on DVD exclusively at Walmart. You can buy a DVD of Boone from uh, the website on Walmart. And um, I guess that's a long answer for how I got involved with, uh, with Boone. Okay, so this is, this is really a big project for you then. So uh, I'm, I'm happy to, to, to help promote it. Uh, Boone, of course, available at Walmart uh, if you want a DVD. And, and he, Johnny mentioned Amazon, iTunes, uh, a couple other places. I'm going to get a full list. And uh, if you haven't seen the trailer, the trailer's up over on my website, multimediamouth.com. Uh, and it, it's a great, honestly, the, 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 the clips that I've seen of it so far, I've looked at this and I'm like, I need to watch this film. So I'm definitely going to, going to, uh, to, to buy it off of Amazon, uh, myself awesome. and, and, and take a look at this hey, and do a full do, review. That would be great. Yes. Uh, do, do a review. Um, that's uh, that's what I, what I tell people who watch the movie that, um, a movie like Boone, um, that's a, that's a passion project really lives or dies based on, um, word of mouth and, um, and reviews. So if, if you've seen Boone and you like it, go out of your way to review it because Boone does not have, like a, like a lot of movies do these days, um, a multi-million dollar advertising budget where they're they're pumping Boone and, and or they're pumping a movie and it's going to come in with a ton of reviews already. Um, Boone will succeed because people like it or, or not because people don't. So yes. if you do like it, um, please let people know. And if, and if you don't like it, just keep it to yourself. <laughs> exactly. <Shouldn't> shut up. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you can catch Johnny Mundo on uh, Lucha Underground on the LRA Network Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Uh, and, of course, on Netflix as well. Um, Boone the Bounty Hunter available at Walmart, Amazon, iTunes. Um, and pretty much I'm not sure where else it's available, but, of course, I'll, I'll find out and make sure it's on the website. Johnny, uh, is there anything else that you'd like to, to say to the listeners right now? Um. Basically, with uh, with regard to entertainment, especially pro wrestling, um, pro wrestlers and entertainers exist because of uh, because of fans. I was a fan of pro wrestling when I was a kid. So to anyone listening who's who's watched me on uh, in the ring, um, thank you. Without you, there would be no Johnny Mundo. And um, I'm hoping the same thing uh, becomes true with uh, making movies and uh, put a lot of TLC into Boone. So hopefully you guys like that. You can follow me on Twitter at the Real Morrison for information about uh, federations like PCW or Wrestle Circus or AAW. Um, follow me on Instagram for uh, for sweet pics of me and Taya and, and Lil Presley, and uh, my Facebook John Morrison for uh, information about me and Boone, and also the Boone the Bounty Hunter Facebook page for information specifically about Boone the Bounty Hunter. Um, thanks for having me. Johnny, it, it's been a pleasure. Um, I, I want to come see you at, at PCW at some point, so hopefully we can stay in touch. And, uh, and July 28th. July 28th, I'm there. All right. I'll be there, buddy. Sweet. All right, man. Have a good one, and we'll talk soon. All right, bro. Take care. If you're looking for a career in the field of radio or television broadcasting, then listen up. It's Ruben J here, and I wanted to take a second to tell you about the Academy of Radio and Television Broadcasting. They are located in Huntington Beach, California, and give you hands-on training in the world of broadcasting. I went there and learned how to do everything from hosting my own radio show to creating my own commercials like the one you're listening to right now. You might be asking, what if I don't want to be on the radio? Well, they have a TV program as well that will teach you everything you need to know about camera angles, audio 
audio and video editing, as well as some on-camera work. Remember, they give you hands-on experience. Go to ARBradio.com or call 714-842-0100 right now to schedule an appointment. Financial aid is available for those who qualify, and spots are extremely limited. What are you waiting for? Your dream can start right now if you call 714-842-0100 and make sure to tell them that Ruben J sent you. You just heard my interview with Johnny Mundo of Lucha Underground here on Wrestling with Ruben. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This Thursday, I have another great interview scheduled with Sanjay Dutt of Impact Wrestling on Pop TV here in the U.S. and Spike over in the U.K. And I'm not really sure where they're at in India. I'm going to find out uh, before Thursday's interview. So if you would like to ask a question with Sanjay to Sanjay Dutt, you make sure to use the hashtag wrestling with Sanjay on social media and that's how we will track who's asking what questions to Mr. Sanjay Dutt. My special thanks goes out to Johnny Mundo for taking his time and talking with me about Lucha Underground, his time in WWE, his future uh, and also Boone the Bounty Hunter. If you'd like to purchase Boone the Bounty Hunter uh, go over to multimediamouth.com slash Amazon and click on the banner to order it off of Amazon.com. You help the show out, help the website out as well. So make sure to go and do that. Uh, thank you guys so much. And we'll be back on Thursday with Sanjay Dutt. Make sure to follow me on rest, uh, on, on wrestling on Twitter at the Ruben J, Instagram at the Ruben J, and follow us at Multimedia Mouth on all social media. See you guys on Thursday. Bye bye.